Hello and welcome to episode three of the Carbon Life Pods. Um, big thank you to um, today's guest. I'll let him introduce himself. Um, so if you'd like to take it away. So uh, thanks for having me, Josias. My name's Ameka, or people know me as Kingsley also. <laughs> That's why you wanted me to introduce I'm glad, I'm glad you did that. Because <laughs> I thought all the guests I've done, I think I've let them introduce themselves. I thought, so I've got to let a Mecca do it because I know him as a Mecca, but on in my phone he's Kingsley on Instagram or social media, he's Kingsley. So I let him do it and then we'll never yeah. be from that. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a whole story behind that that I could tell later on in the interview if you want to know. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, please. <laughs> yeah, um, a Mecca also known as Kingsley Ugu. Um, I've known Josiah for a very long time, um, went to school together played football against each other, <laughs> we used to do Sunday League. So, uh, no, um, thanks for having me on the podcast. So, actually, on that, though, because I was doing the maths, I thought it was like 21 years we'd known each other. That was from Cheney. But we played, did we play against each other before that? We I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, I'm sure we did. Because yeah. um, obviously, Florence Park, did you, play, did you play with JJ? I did play with JJ. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, Bernardo. Were you there when Bernardo was there at Florence Park? I would say, yeah. So, yeah, so the same with Eddie then. It was, we must have probably played and known each other from, from day, from like... Yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. Or as a member of playing against you guys, obviously for, for my team, Jason, my uncle, the coach, used to call me JJ. That was my nickname for years growing up. So playing against you guys, Flots Park, oh, their best player, JJ, you're JJ. It was like, <laughs> yeah, got to beat them. <laughs> and obviously, because I knew something... But some now, I just remember playing you, you guys were like robots. <laughs> <laughs> Your, your two is always a team to beat. <laughs> then I remember one time um, I tried to try out to sign for you. Then your uncle was yeah. like, yeah, I've got a player like you already. I've got Josiah. like, what can you bring? I'm like, I don't know. What would you want me to <laughs> So no, nah, uh, it was always fun. Jason, the Alex Ferguson of voice football. <laughs> <laughs> like, uncle always looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. I remember Dexter told me a story when I remember he came training for us and apparently my uncle said no, he was too young, but I don't remember that. But what a, what a sign of that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> now you already had a good team anyway. <laughs> so as I um, ask most people to have a conversation with, you could just tell me your, your occupation. Um, just a bit of an explanation of yeah, what you do in layman's terms. Yeah, so um, I'm a digital IT project manager. So basically manage um, IT projects that can range from um, development of new systems, installation of systems, um, upgrade of application systems, websites, um, databases, creation of databases. So a wide range of um, projects that I work on. Um, Currently I work at, well, I work for the University of Oxford um, and the projects I'm working on at the moment. So I've got a couple of, well, I've got two million pound projects, three year projects that I'm managing at the moment. Um, quite intensive, obviously, because of the, the money and, sorry, because of the budget and the time, but um, yeah, all good experience. Um, been at the university for about six years now. Um, I've worked across loads of different industries. I've worked financial services. So I worked for American Express in London for a couple of years. So I've done that kind of corporate London thing. Um, did that for like five years, but um, I got sick of the commute. And obviously I had my kids when I was young, so I wouldn't really see in the family because I would leave at like five in the morning and get in at nine at night. And I was just knackered at the weekend because of the long commute. So I did that for a couple of years and then packed that in and got a job more locally so I could spend a bit more time with the family. Um, but yeah, my, my background's IT. Um, got qualifications, I project management qualifications, university degree, university master's. So I did the kind of education route. Um, I wanted to be a footballer. <laughs> As everyone. <laughs> but yeah, but the parents weren't having it. So yeah, I got kind of streamlined to go uni, did uni. So at, at uni, did you, what you study for, is that kind of lead, did that lead you into the role you're in now? Or what yeah, it did. Study? So um, what was my degree in business and internet technology? I did my degree in kind of business and IT. And then um, 
my master's was in uh, information systems, so again, IT. Um, and then off the back of that, I got onto a grad scheme. That's how I got into American Express. So usually when you graduate, you can apply for graduate roles. So this one was actually quite intensive over like something like 500 applicants. Then it, they hired like five people. So I was oh. one of the four that hired. So I think it was like a two day thing. We had to go do like presentations, do ex like exams and loads of group activities. And then they like would select you it was a bit like a trials, like you call football trials, a bit like yeah. that. So I did that. Um, yeah, it was a good experience. But yeah, IT was my background and I went into IT since then. Okay. Um, you mentioned about obviously now working for the university, working locally. Uh, personally, I've always worked locally, but there's always been the thought of, shall I expand and go elsewhere? You could go to the city, London, where you earn the big money, but I don't think you could put a price on working locally so you get to spend time with your family because yeah that yeah. That, that time is is just so valuable especially when when they're young so i've always always thank my lucky stars that i've made a lot of my jobs have been local um yeah again working for the not direct for the university but for beer construction and working doing projects for the university which is actually how we reconnected when i did a yeah. project in, in the building you were in <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're 100% right. I'd say, you know, shameably, I probably missed the first year of my first son's life because I just wasn't around. Then I remember just turning around one day and didn't really know me kind of thing, you know, try and pick him up, he'll cry. Didn't really have a connection with him. Um, had a, you know, effect on, you know, my relationship at the time with my wife. So, you know, there is a, there is a toll. And I think in, in general, you know, even people that do entrepreneurial route, there there are um, there is a cost to um, success, and if you're to make something work, you do have to give all. And if you do give your all, um, it's at the cost of spending time with your family. Like any successful person will tell you that. Um, and I think I'm comfortable with the fact that you know I probably you know reach a type of ceiling, and then to burst through that to go on to that next level will require more of my time. And I think I'm not ready to sacrifice that at this point in my life. But yeah, I would say that, you know, being able to work locally is a blessing because you do get to see the family. And that is, that's more important than anything. You know, it's all good having the money, but if you're not there, <laughs> to <laughs> the family, what's the point? You know, what's the point? So, you know, your kids won't remember you bringing home whatever a month. They're going to remember you and you being around. So yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, talking about being around for your young family. Your um, father of three boys, the question I think a lot of people want to ask is, are you making a five-a-side football team? <laughs> <laughs> is that your plan? No, no this, this is it. Um, I think the last, uh, the, the third one has scarred me, I think, for life. <laughs> but then I said that before and then look where I am. So, um, but no, I think, I think three is enough. Um, what they say, freeze the magic number. Is that is that? Yeah, freeze the magic number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I think I think that's it for us now. Because um, I don't want to be having kids until I'm like 60, 70 years old. You know, you wanna, I want to enjoy life. Because because I because we had them so so young. You know, we didn't get to do kind of couple stuff and travel around and do all yeah. of that. Yeah. So the plan was to yeah, the kids are getting of age you now. We kind of leave them with the grandparents, go away, and then boom. <laughs> that's that, yeah. That's what we look forward to. Obviously, our children are getting that little bit older now you do yeah. think actually we're still young enough to enjoy each other's time and do things that we perhaps didn't do when we were young yeah and we've experienced stuff with our children that's been, that's been yeah. really good yeah no and i think that's one of the things i admire about you and stacy as well like proper family um orientated you do a lot of stuff together as a couple and also as a family as well you know obviously i don't really know the ins and outs, but from the, my perception, you know, you and Jaden's got a really good relationship. You do a lot of stuff together. Um, obviously, I don't see much of Sienna on the on the um, socials, but I can imagine <laughs> quite close with you, close with Stacey as well. So, yeah, you know, I, I think a real role model in terms of, you know, someone I, l I look up to as well as, uh, you know, a black man with also an inter interracial relationship with mixed race children. Uh, just being a real family man, you know, um, 
you watch and observe and you know you treat them right you do the right thing i never see scandals or whatever with you, <laughs> you know, about try, your work. try keep my nose clean <laughs> <laughs> about your work um and also what i like about you is the entrepreneurial side of you as well i think we spoke about this before where when you see something you go and do it you don't you don't analyze and you just think yeah that's a good idea right i'm gonna i'm gonna try it if it doesn't work it doesn't you know it's an experience if it does then it's good so that that's that's taken a few years i'll say quite a few years actually for me to be able to do that and feel comfortable doing that yeah um there's obviously a few things that have gone in life where i've tried to make certain moves that haven't quite happened but it got to the stage where i'm not say the professor's not the word unhappy in my job and where i was going in my life and mm. obviously having children young you think actually i need to support them be a good example uh, but then, then I got to the stage where I was thinking, you know what, I need to show them that they need to strive for what they what they, what they they want in life. Have no fear and just go for it. Um, yeah. If I can do that and show them that anything's possible, then that's what I need to do. Yeah, because you know what, there's a small percentage of people that do kind of live in that fearlessness that it might not work, but I'm going to try it any, anyway. I'm still working my way through my demons trying to get past that barrier. Um and also, I think, actually, do you know what? Life experience maybe shapes you mentally, um, whether you're ready to take steps like that. You know, I'll say that <clears throat> during my career, I've been made redundant twice. So um, during that time, I think the fear of being in a position where you're not able to provide maybe holds you back from putting yourself out there to do that because you're thinking, well, I know this is, I'm going to be able to, you know, provide at this stage. If I do that, what if it doesn't happen? So it might those mental things and I believe that that might happen with different people through different things that might shape them to be more fearful of making that jump to you know try something new or you know be exposed and not be able to have something there but so no I I think it's a it's a good mindset to have that's how you push yourself when you when you you know you take risks yeah that's how you achieve greatness yeah what's it they say exciting things happen outside the comfort zone yeah (laughs) Yeah, for, for a long time, that's how, that's how I would describe my life. I was comfortable. I was working locally, had a great job for a great company. Um, they put me through my training and looked after me. But it was just, that's what, that's what it was. It was comfortable. I wasn't pushing to be do anything more. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was steady. It was easy. It wasn't easy because yeah. some day we had, it was a high pressure job, but I was just coasting. That, that, yeah. That a lot of people do, man. And life's too short. You know, 2020 shown us mm. we basically have lost a year, essentially, with the lockdown and everything. And, you know, you just can't waste time. You have to do things when you have the opportunity to do them, the faculties to do them, the health. You know, the biggest killer of people's time because that's something you just can't stop, man. Like, mm. That's an unmovable object. <laughs> You know, I turn around and I remember being at school, you know, we just talk about football. I remember all of that. And I turn around and all of a sudden I'm like an uncle now. Mm. I remember I used to look at man at 35 and think, oh, he's old, <laughs> So, you know, time goes and uh, you don't feel old. You still feel as young as you did 10 years ago. But yeah, or t- 20 years ago. Jada's leaving school. He's going into his final year now. And again, I remember that. Like, that, that was the other day. Yeah, mental. I remember. I remember leaving school. I went to college. That that, that feels like yesterday. Yeah. But you know, um, yeah, time's the biggest killer. So I, I'd always um, just tell people, look, don't wait. Don't what did, what they say. Um, analysis is paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> you analyze stuff. You just you don't move forward. Yeah. You just yeah. If you want to do something, right, just go out there and do it. So I always advise people anyway. They, um, you touched upon it earlier, obviously, both, we're both um, black males, uh, father of children with mixed heritage. Yeah. How do you think you bring them up know, with knowing that, with that in the back of your mind? Or do you, do you, do you bring them up as black children? How, how is, you, how is your, your, their upbringing different to yours as opposed to... Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a lot different in terms of... Um, Obviously, I grew up in a, my household. Yeah, was like, do you know what? I'm in England, but once I go through my front door, 
I'm in Nigeria. Yeah. So everything in my life growing up was the music, films, food, um, culture, everything was Nigerian. Um, I try and instill that in the children. And, you know, they've got a great relationship with my brothers, sisters, with my mum and dad. They eat the food, all of that. But I still try to embrace the English side as well. So again, they got a great relationship, obviously, with my wife's parents um, and my wife's family. Um, so it's the best of both worlds. But I think as, um, as a dad, I've tried to um, take, I, I guess, take bits of both. Like Haley's, the way she kind of, let's say, for example, disciplines is different to me. Well, I'm a bit, <laughs> more, <laughs> a bit more like that. But I, I, I do try and take maybe parts of her approach because, um, you know, at times maybe our culture can be a bit too strict. Um, and, um, you know, our culture's a bit authoritarian. You know, what I say goes, I don't care what you say. It's this way, da-da-da. And you know what? You do have to be like that with the children, but also there's an aspect of listening and not always flying off the handle and um, maybe handling things that doesn't involve putting your hands on your children. So I think in terms of growth as a dad and interracial relationship, I think that's been my biggest takeaway in terms of that side. Um, and uh, just making them that they don't fear me, that they can come and talk to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am mindful that, you know, being in England and, you know, in a mixed race relationship that they don't lose their identity. Because as far as I'm concerned, society, the world, won't class them as being white, they'll class them as being black. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reality of where we are. So, you know, I just don't want them to forget themselves forget who they are, where they're from. So, um, you know, it's a big part. I'm, I just make sure they're exposed to that. You know, luckily they, they're open to that, you know, side of their culture. You know, it's difficult because where we live, there are many black people. There's not, not even... Yeah, you're, like, you're, you're a country boy now. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> country boy. I'm out in the sticks. So, yeah. um, mindful of what they're around and just reminding them when they're home who they are. Well, I think they um, they know who they are. They've got clear identity, you know, especially my oldest, who's a bit more older and a bit more mature, kind of embraces the culture. Um, and he's very different from his friends. You know, they all kind of do one thing, but he's very comfortable, hairstyle, fashion, music. He likes a particular type of music compared to all his friends, but he's fine with that, so I'm happy. That's good. That's good. I think it's this generation now it probably happens each generation but because they are they have so much content and social media and stuff they see a lot more of different cultures but also now this time of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement it's on the news they see it Sienna sees it a lot and her first thought was well why would people treat me differently because I'm black mm. um, so she identifies herself as black because obviously the colour of her skin but she's looking at it as not all they will treat me, they might treat me this way because I'm half white. It's yeah. just no, because I'm black. Jaden's a yeah. similar sort of attitude. Um, but with him, because I had him young, the gap is similar to my mum and myself, but I feel like we are more, I say, I'd say we're friends because I am the, the father, but we're more on a level, if that makes, if that makes sense. So we're going back to discipline. I find it hard to work now that he's 15, actually. Yeah, there, there needs to be a, a, a fine line yeah. between us being, yeah, mates, as we as I call him, my, my mate. But yeah, I am your father. But because he seems that little bit older, yeah. he's uh, exposed to a lot more. Yeah. It's quite a on the rooms. What? You can't, you can't um, make your children kind of fear you... Um, and then, and then let that fear carry through to kind of you disciplining when they're older. They have to respect you. Yeah. And it's the respect that that's, that's what's going to um, help them when they're older. So even when they're, you know, they're taller than you, they're bigger than you, <laughs> you can tell them something, can they listen? Yeah. You know, I use it like my brothers. Both my brothers are taller than me, but they respect me. So what I say goes, yeah. you know, if we're, if we're somewhere, you'll look at them. You know, <laughs> it's massive. You mean sitting yeah. as a unit, the youngest brother. <laughs> six foot plus footballer da, da, da. but what you know when we're 
home or out, if I say something, if I say, yeah, go and do that, they do it. They have to do it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's how it is. And, respect. and that's, what, again, what I try and instill in the kids. You know, I tell the oldest one about being responsible. You know, you're in charge if I'm not there. You know, if you're out with your brother, you have to look after him. Then tell the youngest one, you have to listen to now. You know, if he tells you to do so, you have to do it. He's your older brother. And it's how, do, how do they find that with boys? Do they do they accept it? Because yeah, they do. they're still young, so yeah. they um <laughs> they still scrap and fight and stuff. But my know. daughter doesn't doesn't have it at all. I'm not sure if it's a boy girl <laughs> thing because I hear Jaden sometimes talk to her and I think he sounds like me. But he's like trying to parent her, but she's not having it because she's thinking you're my brother, you're not my dad. Don't speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pull him up sometimes. Say mate. Although I yeah. understand what you're saying, but you're not a dad. If you ask her to do something, she doesn't do it. Leave her, come and tell me. But like, no, she needs to do this. I'm telling her, but she needs to listen to me. I'm the oldest. <laughs> it does. It does get like that. I think at the age at the moment, they just they fight a lot. But I think it's just about laying those seeds because as they get older, that's when it's gonna happen. You know, ten and six, they're really young now. I don't think have that maturity. But I think it's just about you know laying that foundation, the seeds about you know family looking after each other always having each other's back you know i'm really big on family because you know me and my family we were all really close um so i want you know the future generation there's a lot of grandkids now in our family okay about ensuring that that carries through um but yeah it's it's actually funny when you talk about identity because um obviously my children are only mixed race kids out of all the the grandchildren but again they can see that they kind of see themselves as the same yeah so i always wonder as they get older will that will that remain but you know children are really innocent so they don't see <laughs> they don't see the difference yeah. but yeah so um what was i gonna say the next question yeah so being a father of three boys what are your your hopes and dreams dreams for them yeah i think i just want them to um you say be successful and just be happy. Um, I think life's full of ups and downs and you might have a plan for what you want to do, but sometimes things don't pan out that way. Yeah. So I think it's just ensuring they have that foundation of being able to, you know, take, to be able to take things not going their way, take failure and not let it define them or flaw them, that able to kind of get through it and move forward and um, I think it's easy to do that with the older one because he's in football and you know better than anybody <laughs> there's more downs than there's ups in football that's just how it is so um, you know it's very easy to discuss with him and tell him look you know things might not always go your way you know so just about being resilient and being able to fight your way through and you know be able to problem solve and things like that so I think it's just making sure that they have those key skills because whatever they do you know, I just want them to be happy yeah, and to be successful. Um, that, that, that sounds really cliche, but I actually had said that to someone the other day. They asked me, oh, Jaden's going into his final year, what do you want him to do? And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not, I haven't thought, but for me, it's not important. That sounds really terrible. But what I mean is, yeah. obviously, we've been through the education system. I didn't do the A-levels and uni route, but I found myself into a career that at, some, at one point I wasn't quite happy with. I think I don't want that for him. So for me, it's just do what makes you happy. <laughs> I'll support you as long as it's not detrimental to you or anyone else. Just yeah, do it. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. it. If it doesn't work, then you may move and do something else. But I don't want to say, oh, I wanted to do this. Or I wanted to do that. Because yeah. that might change from year to year. Or like, yeah, yeah, 35, 36 years old. Yeah. I know where I'm going. But I still don't know what I want to do yeah. for the rest of my life. And <clears> I find it's, it's scary, but it, for me, it's exciting. And yeah. I don't want to, him to have something in his mind. Obviously, he was, again, still trying to be a footballer. Which yeah. I'm still trying to be a footballer myself. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, want him, I don't want him to put any, fix, have, have any fixations on, I must do this by this time. Yeah. I must do that by that time. For me, it's just, yeah. no, like, is it time? Time you don't get that back. So do what makes you happy. Yeah. As long as you can. And the moment you think, you know what, this isn't for me, just move on. Yeah. No, I do. And uh, I don't know. Obviously, Having a good job, it gives you the opportunity to enjoy life with money, but that's not everything. Mm. So I kind of want them to have the balance of the two, being able to kind of do something that they can support themselves, but just making sure that they're happy as well. 
you know the worst thing to do is to be doing something and it's giving you money but you're like desperately unhappy and nobody wants that for their children so it's just doing that and also just you know making sure that you can obviously provide a foundation for them that when they are ready to move on you can kind of help them give them a leg up because that's another thing I think especially within the black community that we don't do enough you know financially being able to give your child that leg boost to kind of either get property or you know if they want to buy a car buy a car or invest in a business or do something um I don't think we do enough especially in our in you know African culture it almost goes through full circle because you know parents will work really hard or send a lot of money back to the relations in Africa and then when they get older the expectation is that the kids now will support them and I don't think it should be like that I think it should be look you give you help them Mm. then once they do get to a certain point then they can help you but I was gonna gonna ask do you think it's to do down to do with societal issues or cultural but as you mentioned that a little bit maybe to culture the way definitely definitely that's just how it is but I think now um future generation is changing now you know the exposure as you mentioned to social media and just different aspects people's minds are evolving and we're not Mm. kind of doing what our parents were doing what the grandparents were doing what the great great grand but people are now opening their mind and saying actually do you know what now I know we did that before but we can do it better or we can do things in a different way so um yeah I'd like to think that that will change but I do fear a bit, you know, going off tangent a bit, that, you know, with our children, they're going into an era that we just don't know anymore. Social media didn't exist. <laughs> None of that it's did. It's a minefield, you know, isn't it? Yeah, you, you live a life on social media trying to portray something that's not true. And you spend yeah. your life doing that when actually you're not even living your real life, which is yeah. just strange to me. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because you mentioned earlier about not seeing, seeing a lot on my social media. And that's done purposely. For Jaden, he's a little bit older. He's on it himself. But I feel I don't want her on mine a lot because that's her life. And when she's older, she might yeah. think, you know what? I didn't want that on there at that time. And the way it is now, once you put it on social media, it's out there in ether. You don't know where that's going. So as much as you think, oh, it's, it's closed, it's private, a screenshot, a send to someone... Yeah. people it's hackers true. and whatnot who knows what they're te- what information they're taking yeah. or sharing yeah. so for me it's, she's on there a little bit but not as much as other people not as much yeah. as I said as probably with, as with Jaden because for me he's on there as well he understands now that about his life and what he has how he portrays himself but even now like dad don't put it on don't put it on social media alright mate okay I'll wait <laughs> he's, he's got on there first but yeah, yeah for the kids growing up now I think they they need to be aware that they need to navigate their space and their own mm. their own persona carefully. Mm. And a lot of kids now know, aren't you think? Yeah, in five, ten, ten years time. Even for us yeah. now, actually, for stuff we put on in five, ten years time, how's that gonna affect us with some pulls yeah. out? Yeah. We yeah. see yeah. it with celebrities, yeah. don't we? With their yeah, pulling yeah, up yeah. tweets from 10, 15 years ago and it's just it's yeah, costing yeah. them in their careers, you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Just the way people talk. I feel luckily I've never really been reckless the way I talk online. Um and my, I think mine's only just because professionally, someone from work might search and see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, no, definitely I hear what you're saying. And I just think another thing is people investing so much time in, in uh, portraying themselves in a particular way, they're not actually investing in themselves. And my fear is that we'll get, you know, 10, 15 years down the line and it'll be a society of um, people that are depressed. You know, they've not really moved forward with their lives because they haven't invested in themselves you know, um, and you just, you just, I don't know. I just, I just think that the, the onus on online is, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know we're moving forward and we're in a digital age, but I don't know. It's like we're a necessary evil, isn't it? To, things, yeah. To proceed in life, you need to be part of it. Otherwise you get lost yeah. or get left behind. But then, you don't want to invest too much time in it, and as you say, and be be lost in it. <laughs> and realize you're not actually the time you're investing. You, sh- you could be invested in your in yourself and your family. Yeah. So I remember when um you know for business purposes was trying to, I guess, uh, do my social media in a particular way. And you know what? It was a lot of work. Mm. I think it's just what do I? You know, I I want to be able to post what I want to post when I want to post it. I don't want to have to think ah, oh, 
I need to post this and it needs to say that because it needs to be portrayed. I'm just thinking, no. Oh. <laughs> and that's what people do. I just find that a waste of time. But that's just me. Maybe I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still a newbie. To, I'm actually probably only two and a half years in. I was, <laughs> I was like, for years, I was on, I think, Twitter. But I said to yeah. Stacey, no, I'm not doing Facebook, not doing Instagram. And I was proud to say, yeah, I'm not on Facebook, not on Instagram. Obviously, doing what we're doing with Herbalife now. Yeah, you, have like, to. You, you need to get on there. You need to be active. And now I just, I've just run with it and I enjoy it. I do enjoy making the post stuff. I enjoy doing videos. But again, yeah. sometimes I have to say to myself, oh, that's too much time. You spent too much time on that. But I, because yeah. you, you enjoy doing it and you immerse yourself in it, yeah, yeah. it's easy to get lost. I, I yeah. totally understand that. Yeah. No, it is. She's I always think... like, she says to me now, remember you said you never used to want, used to want to be on this and now you're addicted. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is, honestly, it is like a drug. I think um, every so often I do come off. So just the beginning of lockdown, probably a month in, I came off for almost two months. I didn't go on. So that was when you messaged me about your event. And I didn't see it because I weren't on social media for about two months. I come off, deleted yeah, all the thing, isn't it? If, you, if you're not on there, there's a fear of missing out FOMO, as they call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of what was happening at the time with the Black Lives Matter, a lot of it I missed. Yeah. I came. The only thing I kept was Twitter. I felt like at least there's some <laughs> form of... Yeah information i'll be able to get from there from the news what's going on da, da, da. and i do enjoy twitter i think more than any of them that's what, that's I, what I, I loved it because i found that as the uh i call it the more informative or the more educational the social media supposed to look down <laughs> on facebook and Instagram. <laughs> yeah right beneath us yeah. <laughs> all about twitter but no it is i mean there is rubbish on there but um i think just the comment the commentary and the banter i enjoy especially when football's back on I love it. So, yeah, I think out of the three, that's probably my favourite one. But, yeah. Um, moving on then to the next question. We have we've had discussions on, on the phone before. Hopes and dreams for yourself, career-wise. Where where would you like to go? Where do you see yourself going? Do you have a, a, an avenue where you see yourself going in the future? Yeah, I mean, I do always, do you know what, I, go, I come into, I have these thoughts sometimes, I just think, do you know what, is this what life is about? That you go work, you work, you get paid, you come home, da, da. there must be more than this. So I've been thinking about doing more, um, I think more things that don't equate to making money, but helping people. Mm. Um, I think maybe that might be, give me a bit more satisfaction. I think from a career wise, I've done pretty well, I earn really well, but I just I don't get that satisfaction. So I'd like to do maybe stuff locally, um, youth type work. Um, been having to think about areas of maximising what I know, what I've learned. You know, when I went into work, no one taught me anything, and I had to learn by failing and doing things bad. And I think back to what I did five six years ago, and I cringe because <laughs> I must have looked. You know, I was never I was never professional. I'll be honest. Um, you know, now ultimately professional, da da da. But you know, I'm pretty older now. But when I, you know, when I worked part time, you know, when I was still at school and I was never really that professional. You know, when they talk about, you know, young black people, how they are late. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really, I, I, I had bad habits. Yeah. I like to be able to work with youth and say, look, do you know what? It's not something that you can just, because my thoughts was, yeah, yeah, when I get a proper job, this is a little job, when I get a proper job, I did it. Do you know, you can't turn it on and off, no, you know, no. being a particular way, it's a habit. You have to form good habits. So it's just about telling people about how to be when they're in the professional world um, and the reality about how you're perceived. You know, if I work with black people, young people, class plays an issue in that as well mm. just perception and how to carry yourself you don't have to be someone you're not but at the same time you can act accordingly within you a professional carry yourself a certain way yeah exactly without losing your identity or becoming someone you're not you can still be professional still be you because you it's what makes you unique and you know what will get you jobs and be successful yeah. entrepreneur or whatever so yeah do something youth in the youth industry in the youth work you know helping people find jobs cvs interviews you know office politics those sorts of things that I've been through that I've been burnt on helping yeah. people out in that respect and just making people realize you know what you don't have to 
go down a particular route to be successful you know you find what you're good at or what you're interested in and when you're passionate about something man success is a byproduct of you doing something that you're passionate about yeah you know I'm, I'm glad you said that because I know we just discussed before about giving something back and I've mentioned before about my privilege my black privilege the the people that have made me the person who I am today and they've given a lot back to the community so over the last three years, I always thought, yeah, I want to give something back. But yeah. I think what was stopping me was like, well, what have you achieved? Like, I, you're not successful. I look at you, I think, yeah, that's a successful black male. But for me, I'm thinking, what am I? If I was to stop someone and say, listen, I can help you, they'd say, they'd say to you, well, what have you done in your life that's so, that makes you successful? But over the last couple of years, I've realized it's not about, again, you saying successful, not what you've achieved. Yeah. It's what you're following your passion. So if you can inspire yeah. someone to do something, yeah, through, through your actions, through your through your thoughts and what you, uh, yeah. and how you betray yourself, yeah. then that that, that that's yeah. immense. And yeah, if you just help one person, so I was starting doing this pod initially, it was for, for my son Jaden to listen to and try and help him in his life. And actually yeah. go further than that, it might help someone else. But yeah, the the altruistic thing of I want to help people, I want to give back to the community. I don't think you have to be. Hey, I say I'm not a millionaire business person to be able to say actually I'm going to help. I'll be a mentor to someone. Yeah, help yeah. someone. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. And I always said, you know what? What is success? Because when I say successful, people might think money. And you know what? Money's not success, man. Success, success could be family, love, um, finding something you're passionate about. Because you know what? There are only a small percentage of people that find something that they're truly passionate about. And they're the lucky ones, man. Mm. You know, if you're passionate about something and you're making half as much money as someone making, you know, millions doing something that they hate, trust me, you're the lucky one. (laughs) (laughs) To me, that's success. So it's just finding, I guess it's just finding something that they enjoy doing um, and helping them do that. And I think also apart from that, and then, yeah, I think from a job point of view, um, I mean, currently in my role, I believe that at the moment I'm the highest graded black person in the history of um, wow. the library where I work at the moment. Oh. You see yourself. So at the moment in the University of Oxford, there's never been a black or minority head of department. So Does that, does that put pressure on you, though, do you think? Ah, I relish that. And, you know, no, I, but to, to stay in the role, I mean, or to continue? Because it, I... Was, does a bit because I want to be able to do that Um, and you know what maybe the next step for me might be elsewhere to do something else and maybe not doing that might be you know because once you've done that you've done that you know you've written yourself through I remember Um, seven years ago as a site manager thinking to myself yeah I want to get out of this industry I picked up a labourer black guy from London and he went got in the car oh wow black site manager never seen one before and that always stuck in the back of my mind, thinking, if I leave this role, yeah, I might not be able to inspire someone to do this. But I was thinking to myself, but I don't want to do it. So why would I? Why, why should I feel pressure myself to inspire someone to be in this role? <laughs> what I don't want to do. My- no, I've, I've never, I've never thought that before. To be honest with you, um, I don't think people would pressure me to stay. Maybe actually, if I got out there. And then everyone's like, ah, oh, yeah, you're this, maybe it might. But at the moment, nobody knows. So, yeah, maybe. I've not seen it from that perspective. Because obviously, I don't tell, I don't think I've told anybody that. Okay. Um, you know, it's something that you should shout about, but I don't think, I've, I've, I think it's the first time I've ever said it. Um, but it'll be nice to take that step up. Because at the moment, when you get to kind of senior management within the, or not senior, but director level management within the university, yeah, it's all white. There's no colour in there, so I'd like to step in there. Um, yeah, that, that is something to shout about because, again, people in certain spaces, we you know people don't won't necessarily know you're there, but yeah. to, to see and hear that you're there, they would actually, oh, I don't know, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's true. I just think it's very difficult to kind of show off and say that. <laughs> did you did you know? <laughs> yeah, did you know? Hi, oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm good. Did you know that I? <laughs> Ah, sorry. Um, random question oh. for you. No. There is somebody, this is random or off topic, in the university, a black guy, who I've been mistaken for a few times, and I wondered if this happened to you, but I've never met him, and I can't remember his name. Has it happened to you? 
Nah, do you know what? I missed you. You cut out. There's a black guy in the university. Yeah, yeah. so I'll start again. There's a black guy who works for the university who I've been mistaken for a couple of times by university people, and I wonder if it's happened to you. <laughs> I'm wondering who that is. I'd like to know who that is. I've been in certain situations where people have wet me. Like, oh, yeah. So that thing that you were doing, like, pardon? Yeah, I met you the other day. Like, no, it's not me. It's not, it's not, not me. And at times, I thought they were talking about you. And then when they mentioned the guy's name, I was like, I don't even know this person. But it happened on more than one occasion with different people. And so being in IT, I just wondered if it happened to you. <laughs> I want to find Do you remember out. the guy's name? Pardon? Remember the guy's I, name? I can't remember his name, but I, was, I want to meet him to see if, if there's any similarities that I can say, oh, I can see where you got confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, you know. But you know what? Usually I'm the only black person in the department or anywhere. So usually it's no mistaking that everyone knows who I am. Because um, when I worked at the business school, for example, you know, side business school, I was the only black guy in the whole of the business school. That's too. Can you hear me? Yeah, go on. Yeah, so you said you were the only person in the side business, only black person, sorry, in the side business school. Yeah, I was the only person there. And I, I was just saying that traditionally, the uh, university, they don't hire many, uh, they call them Bane. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but yeah, they don't hire, they don't hire enough people. Even black people, they don't hire that many. And I, and I don't know whether it's that they don't purposely hire people, but from experience, um, sending out, uh, job specs and people applying black people don't really apply and I, I'm wondering what, why that is you think it's to do with the area because before I left Beard obviously we had COVID and we everyone was doing work from home so we used to have Zoom calls and I in my local team took a screenshot of the call mm. and it was I think there were six maybe there were eight of us on the call seven white males myself and I think they were majority middle-aged white men then we had a larger call and i was the only black male and there was one woman and i think about 20 men again middle-aged white men um but if you went elsewhere in the in the in the country maybe into the city of london that that perhaps would look different but for oxford i'm wondering is that what the demographic looks like in companies can you hear me yeah i can hear you yeah 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 good that's better Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is. I don't know whether it's the people that they, <clears throat> the job, the job, don't know people from around the area. Because a lot of capable people, I think, could bring a different aspect to the university. But yeah, going off tangent there. Okay. Um, that, that was a little bit, was a, audio was a little bit um, messed up, but I see if I can extract it. But that leads us on to, uh, I think, my last question for you. So we spoke about, obviously, leaving school feels like the other day. If you could uh, get in a time machine, stand outside Cheney Gates when we left that day, what advice would you give to your 16-year-old your self? Brilliant. I was going to say, enjoy your time. Um, not to worry about the future. I think when you get older, you spend so much time reminiscing about when you were young. And it's just cherishing that time with family, with friends, not having the, the pressure of work, of family, um, and just not being fearful of the future that it will sort itself out. And um, yeah, cherish time with friends. I think, as you know, I lost a close friend a few years ago. And um, yeah, I always think about the times we had together and it's just, I'd go back to and say, look, this time, cherish it, because you just, you never know. Life can go in the blink of, blinking of an eye. It's just about enjoying that time definitely, with your friends definitely. and your family. Thank you. Thank you for that. And it, it, it's so true. And I feel for the, this generation now of young children during this COVID lockdown period, because I remember the summer of year 10 being probably one of the best summers going to year 11, best summers ever. And I feel they've mm -hmm. missed out on that. Um, we don't know now what effect that will have on them in the future. I hope it doesn't. I hope they get over it and they can take something from it and learn something from it but as you say the time, the time is precious make the most of it and just mm. enjoy that time because yeah when the pressures of work and family come you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna look back on those days of fond, with fond memories yeah you, you don't want to worry about with my GCSEs yeah. well, I wish I could get them days back man <laughs> yeah. if that was your biggest worry imagine <laughs> <I know. laughs> but no just uh, 
yeah, cher- cherish those times, man. Because um, that, that's, that's, that's what you remember, man, and that's what counts. Mm. Family, friends, love, man. That's what it's about. Well, thank, thank, on that note, thank you for your time. Much appreciated. Um, love, love to you and the family. Your little, yeah, little team family, ugly you got going on. I love, love the, uh, the social media page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Arsenal, that's what we're about. But uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, you're probably going to cut this bit out, so that's fine. What I was going to say no, about... No. Go on. No, I was going to say, if you want to wrap up, because I was just going to say about meeting up. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll keep it this in because as we spoke on the phone before, I would love to do something in the future, work together, as in give them something back. I know we discussed certain ways that that could be done, but with without blowing trumpet, without blowing my trumpet, but I'm going to blow your trumpet, as a successful black male from Oxford in the community, I feel that there is something that we can offer. Even if it's just yeah, advice or just for me to say to people, don't do what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll definitely say that. <laughs> I'll definitely say that. I say be professional, man, and be on time. <laughs> that that is one of my pet hates when people say that that the VMT. Like, no, it's not a thing. It's just made it's up. Not, excuse. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's dumb. Honestly, I hate it, and I get embarrassed even today. Yeah. You know, obviously with the baby, I was slightly late, but um, yeah, be on time, man. And it annoys me. <laughs> Grown people say it. People our age and old, I think you, yeah. that looks so. What? What? Yeah. This is the word. <laughs> when you say that, it is. Yeah. It is. Then people, it people, kind of winds me up a bit. Yeah. And I think just in general, actually, just going on, again off on another tangent, I was speaking to Yance because I didn't actually speak about this, but um, the football. So I did a bit of obviously football work um, around a sports agency for like five, six years. Um, with Yarts. I think at the time he was the first sports agency in Oxford, Oxfordshire, first black owned as well. Um, I'd learned loads in that field as well. You know, some of that I'd like to bring on board, especially people that are aspiring to be footballers. Although I'm not a professional, um, having worked in the field, I think I'd like to say I know a bit about what it would take to be successful in general. And I think any any insight in that industry that you can pass on is going to be helpful. Because even now so. I'm I'm learning things and think obviously things have moved on from when I was playing, and yeah. I'm learning things now that can that can help Jane or you know yeah. you know what I never even considered that and a lot of talk yeah. now at the moment um, affirmations and all that people are talking about going into Europe that was never an option yeah. for us growing up but now no, a lot of people are going into Europe because yeah. someone asked me yesterday would Jaden go and for me I put myself in his point I went yeah yeah he was but I know <laughs> they go because he he loves football he would play anywhere so if he had an opportunity to go away so obviously he did his um work experience in amsterdam he he's a traveler he he likes to travel and for him i think to have that responsibility of going somewhere or possibly on his own to play football he's he's gonna gonna grab that both hands yeah now it gives you a well-rounded experience and i think that you know there's some aspects that i you know i've never played professional football so i couldn't tell you changing room on the pitch someone who played would be able to give you that insight but i think from a business point of view mm. and from a political point of view and just um, just how the system works, um, I think I'd be able to give insight from my experience um, in that in that respect. But I just I just think in general to be to, to, to move forward in football, in in work, in life in general, there's three things you need to one, be able to listen and take instruction. Two, you need to be able to um, oh god I'm losing my train of thought now so take instruction two you need to be able to be resilient that's physical and emotional resilience to be able to take the knockbacks and keep moving forward and three you need to work hard mm. you need to work hard if you don't work hard what I say work, hard, um, hard, hard work hard work we talent when talent doesn't work hard yeah 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 <laughs> it, it, I, mean, I mean how many people do we know ballers that yeah. didn't make it Ballers, yeah, absolute ballers that just didn't make it because no. the work ethic was poor. They got some people who worked hard, who were resilient, and actually were just smart, knew the system. Mm. You know, I always, I always, you know, give the example of um, the successful ballers we know. Um, what was the name? Um, Dexter, that's the name that just escaped my mind. Uh, people that played with him 
um, that I've spoken to or spoken to me have always commented on his ability to, um, he just knew the system. He knew how to behave. You know, we talk about being on time and yeah. black man's time and all this and da, 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 da. He knew when to switch it up. He knew when to be one of the man them and he knew when to be professional. And that's why he was successful within a, you know, a tough era in football, man. Because he grew up in the era of, you know, it's not, it's completely different to what it is now. Yeah. So for him to have been successful, remained at the top, he never dropped below championship level um, for majority of his career. That's, that's not, it's not fluke. There's a reason why he remained at that level. Yeah. So um, I just think, yeah, working hard, being able to listen and take instruction and just being resilient. You know, you, you can do those things, man. You'll succeed in football or you'll just succeed in life in general. In anything. Yeah, I was say, even, if, even if it's not in football yet, yeah, in life, having those, those skill sets. Where you yeah. put your hands in, man. Yeah. But yeah, just going off on one there. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah, we need to we need, we need to pass on part of this knowledge onto the young people. Um, yeah. Not saying we are going to change the world, but yeah, if we can change one person or help one person, I then, think so. Yeah, and I think that's missing. People don't have. I never, I never had that. I could never turn to someone of you know reasonable age that I could relate to and give me sound advice. Everything I learned, I learned on my own. Not again, not saying my parents went there for me. That's ridiculous. Like, they were there, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Someone of our generation giving us sound advice on, look, I did this, this is what it's like, do that. And you might have had that. Um, yeah, so I think I spoke a lot before on another, another podcast, having two uncles that were not that much older, so could have been like an older brother of, like, as, yeah, a, yeah. as a father figure. I took, I took that for, um, for granted, but now see that as a privilege that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. yeah. And you don't realise that, you know, just them being around you, the impact and seeds that they were dropping on you, you don't realise because yeah. you don't know it's happening until you come out and then you're doing certain things and you're thinking, you're like, wow, yeah, that's what better used to tell me or this is what yeah. he was like or you just remember. And I think, Pete, I think it would be good if a lot of the younger generation, especially there's a lot of success around Oxford. You know, I could put my hand on several people that have just, that um, are doing things and doing really well in different areas within life, you know, mm. I look at you, you're successful in what you've done, although you've left Beard, still you have all that knowledge, you've you've really done well with the Herbalife thing you're doing, you've been doing all the personal training stuff, you're now like a, like a coach, a life yeah. coach, which is really good, you know. Yes, a self-star coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I look at, say, Nicole Dash, she's got mm. the training, um, the training stuff done really well, you know, Yance with the football that he still carried on, you know, what we started is doing really well in that. Um, yeah, lo- lo- loads there of are, There are loads. You, you just go for your phone book and you'll think, oh my gosh, yeah. all these people, yeah, have something to offer. Yeah, lo- loads of people just in different aspects, man, in the arts, you know, IT, business, entrepreneurial, yeah. education. Oh, there's a lot that we could tap into, and I think it's just become like marvels and, and assemble. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's what it'll be like. That's what it'll be like. It'll just be good for people to tap into that and just mentor them. You know, you've got a list of people that, oh, I want to do that. Oh, yeah, speak to my man. He, he's done that. Let him give you some advice on what to do. And it'll be sound, it won't be sound bites. Yeah, you know, be da, da, da. this is like real life. Go to the bank, speak to them. When you do, make sure that you fill in that form. And this is real sound advice mm. to help people um, be able to navigate and do stuff, man. I feel yeah, that, that was the idea. We're, we're wrapping this up. We should carry on. But yeah, that was yeah. the idea behind the, uh, the Black Print event that I um, yeah. hosted. Obviously, I had something to say um, from what I was doing. But for me, it was like to bring people together. Just who knows what someone can offer somebody else and see what yeah. they can build. And just to create an environment that I don't think we have. I wasn't aware of the of an environment that, that no. that's around for for us for our community. And I I joked and said it might be out there, and I haven't been invited to it, so I'm going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would no, love to do something something like that again. I think if you're holding another thing like that, yeah. and I'd like to extend it not only to black but to white, because there are successful white people as well. You know, hairdressers that run good businesses, sound businesses. Um, People that uh, work in um, labourers, plumbers, yeah. carpenters. I mean, there's a lot. So mm. it's just about opening that up and having yeah. this event. Everyone attend, you know, black, white, woman, man, whatever. Um, I found, I, found I, I went to a couple of events in Oxford recently 
and just like as I said, working for beard and having the Zoom calls in that environment, it was heavily white, heavily middle-aged men. But what did you say? Yeah, open it to everyone. But for me, it's heavily inviting people from our community to say, "Listen, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm yeah, not yeah. seeing you in other spaces. What's the reason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it is it is it the cost? Is it the fear? Is it the the unknown of not knowing, not knowing about it? Is it yeah, accessible yeah. to you? Let's create something that's yeah. accessible to everyone. And yeah. We want you to come. Yeah, because there are a lot of like um. There's that thing that Leon Mann does. I don't know. Do you know Leon Mann, the sports writer? No. He runs like a um, a, a successful Black Award or something like that. I can't remember what the name of it is. In London every year. Okay. Um, but it's in sports. But me and Yance have attended once or twice before. Really good, man. Every big black sports person you can think of across all sports goes to this thing. And it's an award show, yeah. which is really good. But I wouldn't have known about it if, you know, Yance hadn't told me. And I'm yeah. saying sometimes about exposing that to people outside of London. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we went to... Uh, an event called AFCON. It was um, Africa versus Caribbean football match. Oh, okay. And um, this was, it was held at Brentford yeah. and it was all, all the top stars you could think of. This was like Luther Blissett. What's my man that recently died that played for West Brom? Um, you know the black guy from the 70s, West Brom. Yeah, and that was named... Um... Wow, you've done that. I'll have to... Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't <laughs> think what his name is. Um, uh, got it. Got it. Um, he was on the team Ian Wright you had JJ Okocha that was playing Alex Scott the female presenter Enia Luko um, then it was like a finger at the top of my head but yeah it was a who's who mm. and it was a massive event he had a game then after we got VIP tickets into the VIP but you got in there I got to meet like, I met Jason Roberts It was he was running it with the Soji brothers Okay. Um, Ian Wright was in there. Got to meet Ian Wright. Which nah, was a big no thing way. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I've never met Ian Wright, and I've, there's been occasions where I should have. And I'm there in my life. I think I'm going to meet Ian Wright, and we're going to. He's going to be my mate. <laughs> I, I met him, but you know what? I I've, I've met a lot of people in business, in sports, a lot of footballers. Da, da, da. That's the first time where I've been kind of starstruck. And I was a bit like, <laughs> <laughs> and my brother was like, "Go talk to him. Go talk to him." I, like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what to say. So, um. Yeah, that that's that that was the only time. Um, but yeah, got to meet him. Um, there was bare people in there, loads of people. It was a really good event, but obviously all this match fixing stuff happened and it kind of flopped. But holding something like that where even if we did, you know what, a charity event, and then you know, you invite businesses to kind of sponsor it, black businesses to sponsor it, and it's like a charity, I don't know. I was going to say poker, but I don't know if we want to promote gambling. <laughs> well, it could be like, like a, a, a festival. I, I uh, hosted a, a mini festival last year. Again, something that I thought, why not? I was raising money for a charity when I was doing the cycle, but I enjoyed yeah. it. It was out of yeah. my comfort zone, speaking to people that I would not necessarily have spoken to. But yeah, it was a great day. But yeah, something like that, where again, you, yeah. you say you invite people to come sponsor it and just yeah. be seen, be present, and, and they can offer something. Yeah, that you, you wouldn't necessarily think about. Yeah, so yeah, let's we need to it. meet. Let's do people. it. Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Get this Corona thing out of the way, and then we'll do yeah, it. Yeah. What we call yeah. it? Can we call it Black Fest? Is that about too a bit too much? <laughs> <laughs> That's jokes, but yeah, no, I think it'll be good. You know, get get these big outlets involved, get people behind it. It could work really well. But yeah, and you know, maybe we could get the support of the university as well. You know, I've got good contacts in there with the um, kind of the, the Bain Society, Afro-Caribbean Society, whatever you want to call them. Um, we can kind of get them behind something local we're doing. You know, it's within Oxford. I think getting the backing of them would be really good. Um, mm. But yeah. Errol. Errol. That was his name. Do you know Errol? Nah, I never heard of him. That's, that's who the guy called me. Oh, Errol. Errol, you know. <laughs> That's a proper. Well, I work for him. <laughs> <Old man> Jamaican <laughs> boy. <laughs> and you could tell the embarrassment in his, in his face when he realised that wasn't him. Like, yeah, could you? We met the other day. And I went, David. Oh, uh, all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've had it. I've had. You know, what? I've had it in football before. I've had it quite a few times actually, where people there was his agent. He's quite a big agent actually. Yeah. He, he manages like Saka, Sancho, all them man. His name's Omeka as well actually. Okay. And everyone thought it was him. 
Mm-hmm. kept talking to me. Yeah, dad, 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 I'm thinking, bro. Is that even Mecca? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he realised I thought I was this guy. Another time, one of the coaches thought I was another dad, and he's oh, there man. giving me some in-depth discussion about the, the, the boy's son. Yeah, he does this and that, but he needs to do that. Da, 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 da. And I didn't have the heart to tell him, yeah, brother, it's not me. So I was like, nodding, nodding. And then my son walked out. And then my son walked out. And then I said, all right, I'll see you later. And walked off. <laughs> oh, no, that's not your kid. <laughs> yeah, he must have felt heat. So he comes to me the next week. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Da, da, da. And I just like burst out laughing. And said, it's fine. Mm. But yeah, right, let me let you go. But thanks for having me anyway. It's been good. Yeah, thanks for your time. And um, no, we'll catch right. up soon. We'll change the world. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> One definitely. person at a time. <laughs> yeah. All right, take care. Love to the family. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. I'll see you later. Bye.